Hello and welcome or welcome back to Fancy a Blather podcast. I'm your host Kirsty Taylor and today we're going to be joined by Kate Tudoranu for all things career-based, career shifting, finding your dream career, um, career tips and tricks. So stay tuned because you're not going to miss it. But now let's talk into our intro. So I want to um, set the scene. I don't know why I've started doing this recently, but I just think it's kind of fun to know like what I'm doing and what's going on with me because um, I don't know, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of nice to know where someone is when they're recording something because maybe it makes you feel more like you're with me. So I'm just going to do that now. So it's a little bit of a different vibe. I hate that word, but we're going to roll with it anyway than usual. Um, that I'm recording today. So tonight I'm recording, well there's a clue, I'm recording at night, which is not that common for me to record an intro at night. But um, I start my placement tomorrow. I'm um, both excited and very nervous. Um, My early years class, I have met them once before and they're all wonderful and I'm looking forward to it. But I don't know, it's a big deal career-wise. So I'm a little nervous. It's 9 p.m. and I'm actually trying to get up, get to bed for 9.30 because I want to start setting like a good routine. And I like to be an early, an early bird. So I like to make sure I get enough sleep at night. So I've had a day of just getting stuff done. I've been doing a bunch of work on my laptop. I did a washing and um, I try to clean a little bit. It's not perfect. I think I'm going to have to do more later this week. I just didn't have enough hours in the day today. I don't know if you ever have those days. But I'm sitting back in my Aberdeen studio flat. I'm officially back. And it's so nice to be home. Um, and I'm sitting on my little like beanbag chair, which zips into a sofa with the one next to it. But I never zip them together. It's not the comfiest of things I mean it is comfy but it's not like the most practical of things and it doesn't I don't know I just wish I had like a proper chair that was kind of higher up but that is the life of studio flats but um yeah so I'm sitting here in my pajamas actually my matching satin pajamas with my slippers on and a blanket over me so very very zen chill vibes I've got my baby's breath um Flowers right beside me, which I can actually smell, which is nice. Um, I do have a candle next to me, but it's not lit currently. Maybe I should have done that to set set the scene perfectly, but I didn't. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's going to be a chill intro, hopefully, because I'm hoping to be in bed once I'm done recording this. So that'll be nice. So my small wonder of the week this week. Oh, actually, before we get into that, um, obviously, this week was supposed to be the book club episode for February. I know, Carol and Duffy, we're doing you, we're doing you bad because this has been moved again. But um, unfortunately, the the guest that I want to have on to discuss The World's Wife, which if you haven't read it, there's still time, um, is unfortunately going through some um, family, like a family emergency. And I just told her to take all the time she needs with her family so it will just be recorded when when it is right for the guest um so it will just be a bonus episode now and um our march book club will get decided this week so then i can let you know on next week's episode but it'll be on our instagram at fancy blather if you want to find out the book club before then but yeah we've just um we're just navigating that at the moment so that is why this episode is going up now um, which is why I always record my intros like near the time so that they're accurate. 
So um, yeah, so anyway, my small wonder of the week, which I have to say after I'm kind of switching, not massively switching the podcast after um, well, like in the Easter holidays time, I'm not switching it massively. I'm just shifting it a little bit so that I ask the guests their small wonder of the week. Um, and I have a couple questions, which I think I'm going to ask every guest to like just structure it a little bit more. Nothing major though. And um, I just think that's a nice question to ask the guest. So that will be moving into the guest portion rather than the intro. But anyway, my small wonder of the week this week is um, just waves crashing. I've missed living beside the beach so much recently. So that's just what I've been loving is just going to the beach and watching the waves crash. And that's why I want to try and get up early tomorrow. Maybe I can go walk at the, like, this is like, I'm going to have to get up at like six, but you never know. Um, and watch the wave crash in the morning. I just love the sound of it. I love watching it. I just find it so calming and so relaxing. It's like it like washes away my problems. So that is what I'm, what I'm loving at the moment. My small wonder um, I'm engaging with I've actually been getting way more into poetry and kind of like finding smaller poets and things like that to read their books and such like so on their pamphlets and things so I'm actually reading alternate oh my goodness I can't speak alternate alternate yeah right alternate alternate I don't know whichever one you prefer endings by Erin Bones um, and I will find um, the link for where I find it I just found it I think from Burning Eye Books uh, publisher like a small publisher and um, I also will try and find her Instagram for you all and link it <clears throat> in the show notes sorry saying in my throat so up next we have our poem of the week and then we'll hop into our small business so the poem of the week I chose from a kind of random site I just found called familyfriendpoems.com so I will link the exact poem so you can go and read it for yourself and um, I couldn't find the person on Instagram and um, and because the last minute changes I didn't have the opportunity to contact them to try and find out if they have anywhere we can find them but I will link where I found the poem if that makes sense so it's called slow it down and it's by and I apologize if this is pronounced incorrectly um bim um abimbola abimbola t alibi um and yeah I really like it so I'm just gonna read it for you now so as I said it will be linked in the show notes so slow it down strive at work while you can God knows it's why you're a man, but don't wait till the funds abound before you get to slow it down. Give your calling all you've got, rewards to gain, they are a lot, and but don't lose loved ones you have around, create the time to slow it down. Toil for things that you crave, but how much gets taken to the grave? As needs are met, the wants compound, take the time to slow it down. Best things in life are from above. The, bus the busy struggles are never enough. And in this truth, peace can be. Find the time to slow it down. Yeah, so like I said, that poem is by Abimbola T. Alibi and it's called Slow It Down and I will have it linked in the show notes. So now we are moving along to our um, small business spotlight for this week and this is actually a close friend of mine's 
of minds of mine as you can tell it's late in the evening because my goodness my my speaking skills are a disaster I'm obviously not a night owl so my apologies but there you go you just know how raw and unedited the podcast is so unedited I can't even pronounce the word unedited um so the small business spotlight for this week is uh another art store an art an arty situation like last week because I'm actually doing like my gallery wall in my flat which I'm gonna put uh to set the scene for you but I'm gonna probably Instagram it when it's finished but to set the scene for you I basically have this big massive picture we're talking floor to ceiling picture in my flat that just comes with the flat and it's not something you can take off the wall it just exists as part of the wall and it just really and it, there's nothing wrong with the photo it just really wasn't the colors I wanted in my flat I know god like who are you but so I covered it with black wrapping paper for the background and then I got like some friends art and then I actually got a piece from last week's um small business mini me art co um of a piece called mundane activities which I will share on Instagram when it comes because I love it and um yeah just got like things like that printed and I actually have two prints by this store which is a friend of mine so enough about that and then I will get into the store so the um the business is called Red Moon Art Store it's based in Aberdeen and um it's by my friend Hannah Hendry who I do actually know from the PDDE the first time around so um Hannah is 24 a teacher obviously because she's on her probationary right now and she loves to draw the female form funky plants and wee mushrooms she started drawing in the style she has now during the first lockdown on really sunny days outside on the grass. A lot of her drawings are inspired by the strength she sees and feels in femininity, the aspects of fun, pleasure, nurture and wildness. How this relates to the natural world around the bodies in her drawings is one of her favourite parts of creating them. She finds them basking in the sunshine and seeking shades under leaves. That, that's a really lovely aspect to the drawings. She started her Etsy shop last year and it's still very much in the early days. She finds so much of her time is taken up by teaching and her Etsy shop Red Moon Art Store is something that she's really excited to put even more time into when the summer holiday comes around. So um, I'm going to tell you, so first of all, like I said, it's called Red Moon Art Store. The, it's on Instagram and it's also on Etsy. And as I said, I'll have it linked in the show notes. So the two pieces that I have for my gallery wall, which I adore from Hannah, are I have the peach wall art print and the Neil wall art print. And they're just the perfect minimalistic, but still exquisitely done and um, um, elegant pieces for your wall. And I just find they fit in with my gallery wall perfectly. I also really love her um, flower hold piece. So that's a potential for the future. So I really highly recommend checking out her Instagram store and um, it has free UK delivery, so how could you not be sold? And um, her prices are so reasonable, so check that out. But now we are going to hop into the main episode. Okay, so just popping in here for our charity of the week. If you're new here, I always try and find um, a charity that the guests would like to highlight, so I always ask them 
for a charity that they would like me to highlight and every week we highlight a new charity and obviously sometimes I choose a charity so Kate chose um the charity International Rescue Committee who can be found well I'm obviously on the UK site so it's rescue um dash uk.org but I'm sure if you just type International Rescue Committee into Google it will come up with um with the correct site for your own country naturally which is wonderful so a little bit about international rescue communicate committee um they help people to survive recover and rebuild their lives so they serve people whose lives have been upended by war conflict and national natural disasters they work in countries where people don't have the support they need to recover from crisis they typically respond within 72 hours staying to help countries stabilize and people rebuild their lives and they resettle refugees in the US whilst using our expertise to advocate for Europe to do more so they have a lot of wonderful information on their website they have articles on their website if you want more just information in general about the people that they're helping so like a lot of charities they've got stories and things like that and they also let you know how much of their donations go to different services as in how much they have to spend on administration how much is on fundraising how much actually goes back into program services which I think is a really important and unique thing to see a charity do because it's important that you know where your money is going so I really love that so you can also um, look into who they are at a glance their annual report their financials their strategy etc and look into the different areas they work in there's way more on what they do so where they focus their work on their approach their European priorities and then if you want to help, you can donate, donate monthly, which is normally an option for many charities. Um, they have a supporter promise or you can leave a legacy where obviously you donate via your will. Um, if you want to, you can become a corporate partner or a phil- phil- oh, I'm really bad. Philanthropo- philanthropic, become a, phil- a philanthropic partner, apologies. And um, obviously you can fundraise and they do have careers if you are interested in going to work in careers and they keep you up to date with the latest news regarding their charity and crises and issues that their charity work towards changing and you can of course find them on all social medias as well so youtube instagram facebook twitter etc so as i said it's international rescue committed committee and um it's rescue-uk.org and yeah so please enjoy the rest of this week's episode so you are about to meet Kate Tudoranu. Kate is a career success coach who helps millennials and Gen Zs build the confidence and strategy to find purpose-driven careers so they can finally enjoy going to work on Mondays. She's an M- she has an MS from Columbia University and did her training in career counselling at the University of Massachusetts, Boston. Prior to becoming a career coach, she was a vocational rehabilitation counsellor in the public sector for seven years. Kate has been quoted quoted as expert on rocket loans, the vitamin shop, smart social and ladders, to name a few. She runs a community on Facebook called Build a Career You Love, 
where she provides free weekly training and posts career advice content on her Instagram account. I will have her links in the show notes and I hope that you love this chat with Kate as much as I did. Enjoy. Hello Kate and welcome to Fancy a Blather podcast. It is so lovely to have us here with you that here have have you here with us <laughs> this week. How are you doing today? Great. I am so happy to be talking to you. Amazing. So the first question I have for you is um why do you believe it is so important to find a career you love? Well, I'm going to throw a couple of facts at you, mm-hmm. if, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a couple of things. Um, first of all, we spend about 90,000 hours of our lives at work, which is a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, it is. And also, um, you've probably heard this, there is kind of this old school belief that it's called work. Therefore, it's not supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. But I'm of the belief that when you have to do something for 90,000 hours that you dislike, find boring, or maybe even hate, it's not worth it. (laughs) So if you love or at least enjoy most of the aspects of your career, you know, you're more likely to just be motivated to do good work and move up the ladder and kind of stay in your field and less burnout, less stress, all those kind of things. And just have generally more happiness in life because it takes up so much of our time. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. I think that is such a good point. I didn't realize it was so many hours, but I guess when you think about it adds up so much, doesn't it? Like your, your nine till five or whatever it is you're doing. Um, so the audience that we have is kind of more predominantly Gen Z and millennial, but it is targeted like at everyone, but that tends to be more of like our target audience. So what are mistakes you find um, like millennials and Gen Zs often make when looking for a career or um, ending up in a career that's just not right for them? It's not necessarily the wrong career because it might just be wrong for that person, but it doesn't mean it's a bad Mm -hmm. career per se. Right, exactly. I... I'm really going to mention one main mistake Mm -hmm. because I think it affects a lot of things in terms of career, but the thing that tends to happen, and this is exactly what happened to me also, is those of us who are kind of like in our 20s and 30s Mm -hmm. tend to, when we're starting out, just sort of jump into a career that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we've been told it'll make us a lot of money, which not that money is bad. Yeah. But if you haven't done the necessary exploration first to know if it's really going to be a good fit for you, then that makes it difficult. That could make mean that it's less enjoyable. So I really think, and as somebody who went through this, that being in your 20s is the best time to learn about who you are at your core. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of course, it's not possible to know everything about yourself before you go into the working world, uh, because part of your personal growth is naturally going to happen at work. But if you spend time getting to know yourself at a deeper level, you are, for example, going to be able to invest in like a degree or training program that 
is going to be fun because of something you're interested in. And it's going to be something you also end up using in your career instead of having to think, you know, several years down the road, oh, I should have actually done this other thing instead. And it'll really make it easier if you know exactly what field. Because the thing is that when you have a habit of self-exploration and kind of Mm self-reflection, that's going to not just lead to a career that you can love and enjoy, but it also leads to stability too, at least within a career field generally. Because the thing is that, you know, a lot of times, again, 20s are for exploring, but if we have like a lot of really short stints at different types of Mm -hmm. different roles and different fields on our resume, sometimes that can make it harder to then finally move into the kind of career that we want. Perfect. Um, Going off of that, just for a second, um, just something you said, um, the idea, I think, of people shifting careers, I was wondering, like, what your perspective is on that, because I feel like from uh, like Gen Z, like I'm borderline Gen Z, like I'm 97, so I'm like just Gen Z. Um, yeah. I feel like from a Gen Z perspective, it's way more likely within my lifetime that I will have more than one career path, whether that is mm. like, but pro- potentially still in kind of the same sector and the same interests. Whereas like my parents are very much of the generation mm-hmm. where it's kind of like you do the same thing from like when you leave university until you retire and I was wondering what is your what is your take on that because I think it's a hard one to like because I think people are so worried about boxing themselves in but then you also mm-hmm. don't want to box yourself out I suppose if right you <laughs> right no that makes a lot of sense yeah like for example my mom's literally 36 years of the same company mm-hmm. I could never imagine that No, Um, that is a long time. And so that is the other thing too. Like when I mentioned the stints, it's more like less than two years Mm -hmm. in a position. So usually like two to three years, I should say with like a particular like company or in a particular field, Mm -hmm. you know, two to three years is a good amount of time because I think the statistic is that most people pretty much like under 40 at this point change career paths about five times Mm -hmm. in their lives and that's totally okay like five times really in the grand scheme of things isn't that much um so I don't think people should be worried about the possibility of changing careers what it really comes down to is just kind of like keeping track of transferable skills and then also keeping track of what you accomplish every time Mm -hmm. you know for in every position because you can use those to then shift to the next kind of field that you're interested in. Perfect. That's excellent. Um, so how do you help your clients find the right career for them? What are kind of the, I don't know if you maybe have steps that you go through or just kind of what are, what are the things that you like to do in that process? Yeah. So for the most part, there's kind of three main phases. Mm -hmm. So the first one is that Mm self-exploration and it is something that I guide people through. Uh, we look at something I call the purpose equation, which just in short kind of looks at interests and passions and skills and also abilities, which are skills that come naturally to you, mm-hmm. different things like that. And then I'm also uh, kind of an advocate around checking out and taking some 
career assessments, Mm -hmm. not because they're the be all end all, they're really not, but they are kind of just a nice discussion point, a good jumping off point, because they might reveal things that you never thought of Mm -hmm. before. And so really we take the results of those two pieces and then other exploration to start to narrow down potential career paths or just moves that they can make in their career. And then kind of phase two is looking at what is holding them back from achieving their career goals. That's both kind of external circumstances Mm -hmm. and that's also internal circumstances too. Because if we're struggling with something in our career, it could potentially be related to a way that we're thinking about it or a way we view ourselves. And then that's just gonna follow us to every different job and it's never really gonna get resolved. So uh, it's about also building confidence at the same time, because there's, there's so many people that kind of don't realize that the things that they're thinking, like, oh, well, I'm not good enough, are related mm-hmm. to confidence. So really building that up is super important. And then the third phase is based on whatever their career goal ends up being, and that's more like the how-to parts. So that might be applying for jobs or working mm-hmm. towards the next promotion or working on your resume, interview skills, networking, all of those like Amazing. kind of yeah. normal pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. Um, so how did you get into career coaching? How did you kind of find this avenue? I suppose, how did you find out that this was the career that you enjoy doing? What was your experience that led you to this? Yeah. So my whole life I've been helping people in some way. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I sort of naturally <laughs> t- tell into enjoy. Team. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's just how I am. And when I kind of did a review of my like experiences, you know, my volunteer, my work experiences, mm-hmm. I found that theme that it all involved some way of trying to help somebody make their life better. Yeah. And so that's kind of one reason, but the other reason is just based on personal experience. So when I graduated college, Mm -hmm. I applied to over 40 jobs. Oh, wow. And I didn't get a single (laughs) one. Oh, and I didn't realize it at the time, but obviously I figured it out pretty, you know, over the next Mm -hmm. few years, the reason that I didn't get any of the jobs is because I hadn't explored what I really wanted out of my life and career. And then that was clear in how I did my job search. You know, so generic. Yeah. No, no real kind of purpose driving me, you know, or a specific type of path driving me. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up doing national service, which is AmeriCorps in the States. Mm-hmm. I did that for a couple of years. And then I went to graduate school and did social work and public policy, which I absolutely loved. And then when I entered the job market again, because I had had four years basically to find myself, you know, it's cliche yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to make it short. Um, it only took me six weeks and I got three job offers. Amazing. So it just shows such <laughs> a, a difference. Right. It, like when you are just so clear on your strengths, what you bring to the table and what you want, like it just mm-hmm. makes such a world of difference. Yeah. And um, I actually, the job that I took, the offer that I took was to become a career counselor. So using all that experience I actually had from other 
mm-hmm. uh, like internships and other um, experiences to uh, where I was helping people find jobs. Um, I now brought it into the public sector and I did that for seven years. And so actually the reason that I moved over to being a career coach was because we moved halfway across the country. So I had to leave my job. Um, I had to be a resident of the state in order to work for the state Mm -hmm. that I was in. And then, um, and I wanted to keep, I wanted to keep being able to help people, you know, find and utilize their potential around careers. I love that. That's such a good story. I think that really indicates as well what a profound difference it can when you do just take that time to work out what is it you really want. Because also, even if you did get one of the 40 jobs, like, would you even know and enjoy it or would it even serve a purpose kind of thing? So I think that's a really great message. Um, I was wondering, do you have any success stories of clients that you'd like to share? Is anything that's gone really well and things that are like you find really cool from their experiences? Yeah. So um, I'll talk about a couple of quick ones. Yeah, of course. So when I started the coaching in August of 2020, uh, one of the first people I worked with had been passed over for a promotion at her company several times. And she wanted to stay with her company, but she was like, I just don't see any growth here. They keep telling me I need to stay in my current position. And I was like, Mm-mm, no, no, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we worked on her resume so that she'd really have one that made her stand out. Mm -hmm. And I helped her get really clear on what her strengths were um, and really how to communicate those because they were all there, but she was kind of, when she talked about them, she was kind of iffy about them. And so she actually applied for another position within her company, but in a different location, somewhat close to where she was, but like a few hours away in a different office. And they they thought she was amazing. However, she didn't quite have the same, the number of years experience they were looking for, but they still offered her a promotion anyway, where she got to be a supervisor and a significant raise. And she absolutely loves it. Um, So that I think is a testament to the possibility of moving internally somewhere. Yeah. And then uh, another, there was another person I worked with who she'd been in education for quite a few years. Mm -hmm. But she, and she knew she wanted to get out, but she had no idea where else to go. She's like, I just need out. (laughs) So in the process, basically in only two months, she was, we worked on um, actually her applying to graduate school to Mm -hmm. do graduate school and work at the same time. And she, we did her job market resume and then she found positions that she thought sounded really interesting. She kind of chose two different paths and she was like, well, I don't know if I should apply. I'm not qualified. I was like, just do it. <laughs> just, just see what happens. <laughs> right. Like you can't, you can't lose for trying. Yeah. And she got the interviews. Amazing. Like, it wasn't a problem. And so I think that that is an example of how you actually can move fields mm-hmm. as long as you really tailor everything in the right way um, and network to, networking doesn't hurt either Amazing. and then just really really quick um, so yeah. I offer tips uh, career advice tips online mm-hmm. and there were a couple of people that used my negotiation tips and they got five figure raises oh wow so like know what you're worth <laughs> know yeah, what you're worth I think and that's ask such for an it. important message know your self-worth 
I love the um, story as well, the second story um, of changing field, because I think that's something people are always mm. so terrified to do. And I think even the fact that she got interviews is a good sign, because even if she doesn't get the first job, at least she mm -hmm. now has experience of interviews in that field, because I think that's something that can differ from field to field. So then it's easier to yeah. go into the next interview and be like, oh, I know what they're going to ask me. Like this is, I think that's a really key yes. message. Perfect. Yes. So um, going along those lines more um what advice would you give to our listeners who are listening right now who are looking for a career maybe for the first time or who just feel that they're desperately in need of a career change i think a lot of people are either realizing that they're not in the field they want to be in because all of a sudden their job is kind of all they're doing now and a lot of people are maybe realizing that oh i actually do like my job so i think it's a, an interesting dynamic that the world mm -hmm. is in right now yes definitely so the risk of sounding like a broken record, mm -hmm. doing the self-reflection before making the leap is mm -hmm. number one, most important. So the thing with that whole self-reflection process is it actually doesn't have to take very long. Like if you're kind of strategic about it and you set aside time to do it, you can yeah. actually get it done fairly quickly. So when you are doing that process, uh, depending on kind of what your learning style is, write things down kind of as you're reflecting. You can audio journal, uh, you can create a mind map. There's some programs online that you can use or, or you can even like make a physical vision board if you're a really visual person. And during that reflection process, take an inventory of different things around kind of what I was mentioning before, like your interests, your skills, your abilities, your passions, and your values. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually something that a lot of people overlook as they don't figure out what is about what they value in life. And you can also, also ask yourself, like, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? You know, is it monetary? Like, do you want to leave it to charity or the next generation? Mm -hmm. Or is that legacy just some kind of impact? Mm -hmm. that you want to make um, in the world and the company on other people. And then connect with people who are in the kinds of careers that align with your answers, because they're going to be able to give you the details about those fields. And, and it's going to help you make decisions about where you want to go. So I really think that is kind of the bulk mm -hmm. of the work that it takes kind of ahead of time before making the actual change. Perfect. And I think as well now is kind of an, in some ways, an easier way to network than normal, because I think people are more willing to network uh, with who they would normally network with, because you're not going to actual enough to actual places or actual events, like because everything is online. I think in some ways, it's way more accessible to people from all around the world and all different fields of careers, which is a good way for people to learn more about the careers that they're not in. Um, so mm -hmm. the next question, obviously, right now we're in this world pandemic. Um, a lot of people are struggling to find a job, um, especially like graduates right now, I think are having a hard time of finding a career, like finding a job in their chosen career. Um, and obviously you need to pay the bills. So a lot of people are just kind of taking the jobs they need. But I was wondering, what advice would you give to them so they don't give up on a career that's best suited for them? So obviously, like, I don't, if they can't find a job, they absolutely take the other job but I was wondering what mm -hmm. advice would you give so they don't get give up on that dream if you see what I mean 
Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, one thing quickly is that mm-hmm. if there are companies that are that have maybe departments or sectors mm-hmm. that do what you want to do, but they aren't hiring in those specific offices, departments right mm-hmm. now, you can still get in the door there because as I was kind of alluding to before, internal moves can actually sometimes be easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a way to get your foot in the door right now. And so while you are sort of doing the job that's going to pay the bills or just kind of getting your foot in the door somewhere, continue to network with people, you know, wherever you're working and also in your fields of interest. Yeah. Every accomplishment or when you have at work, record it. Doesn't matter how big or small it is. Make note of it. You know, both of those things are going to help with your job search, you know, as you continue to try to find something in your field, Mm -hmm. as is potentially doing some uh, free trainings online. There are a lot of different free trainings in IT, HR, um, in, I mean, graphic design, kind of the list, the list goes on in terms of the free trainings, Uh, social media marketing that are all free. So you can be doing those things because you can also add trainings to your resume and you can also consider doing maybe some part-time volunteering or personal projects Mm -hmm. on the side that are related to your dream career because those will also build your experience. I mean, anything like that is going to help you with forward momentum so you don't feel like, oh, now I'm stuck. Yeah. It keeps you moving. Perfect. Excellent. Um, so I kind of spoke a little bit to this already. So working from home has obviously like altered the way that so many people work. Um, for some people, I think it has improved their career. I think particularly people who used to commute have found a real difference in their working day because all of a sudden they have time that they didn't have. Um, but obviously other, for others, it's kind of lost like a loss of interest or taking the joy out of their job because for some people maybe the thing they enjoyed about their job was the social element Mm -hmm. um so I was wondering have you experienced that yourself or do you know any clients who have like have you have you like discovered that throughout this I suppose long year (laughs) (laughs) well I've definitely discovered it with myself in Mm -hmm. terms of it's easier to build rapport with people when you're in person with them Mm mm-hmm because they can see like your whole body they can see your presence yeah. and your gestures and they just get a sense, a better sense of how you come across. Um, but the thing with being a virtual is that I have discovered that I enjoy give, providing group training, which mm-hmm. is something that I didn't realize before. So it's been a good eye-opening experience. Um, but I definitely do get a lot of questions from people about working from home and it's just kind of one of those things we have to push through right now. Because the thing is, if you loved your job prior to work from home, then there's a good chance you're going to enjoy it again when you get back to the office. So mm-hmm. I encourage people to just stick with it in that case. And while you're waiting to go back to the office, establishing a good routine is so important. Having mm-hmm. boundaries between work time and personal time, that that is where most of the burnout happens. Mm-hmm. So that could mean anything like ta- taking breaks, you know, periodically throughout the day, take your lunch time, 
Um, <laughs> also literally stepping away from the technology, like putting the phone down, leaving the computer and having like a designated workspace that you don't aren't in at any other time, like mm -hmm. a desk that you don't sit at any other time, a chair you don't sit in at any other time. That's what I did. I literally had a chair that was just for work. <laughs> and if I sat in that chair, I felt like I was in the office and it was no go after that. <laughs> um, but uh, just a quick thing for people that have mm -hmm. enjoyed the work from home, um, because I've definitely seen mixed. Uh, it's almost kind of 50-50. Yeah. That is going to be something that can be negotiated for mm -hmm. when people start to return back to the office, you know, a certain number of days working from home. So definitely uh, in the future, you can approach your employer to ask about that. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good piece of advice, I think as well, because employers are saying, seeing that some people are more productive at home. Mm -hmm. So actually the results are better yes. for the employer. <laughs> so why wouldn't they take, take that mm -hmm. chance if it's going to work? I think that's a really good point about keeping a, like work and home boundaries, because I think that can be such a difficult thing to do. When you're working from home, it can just be so easy to get into that mind space of like, oh, I'll just reply to another email. And then all of a sudden, like you've been mm -hmm. re replying to emails for three hours. I think yes. another thing that I picked up on that I really like is um, the idea that in, in person, you can just tell so much more from a person, like just get their, I hate the word vibe, but do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that kind yeah. of, you can get their aura more, I suppose, yes. than you can. And that's like, for me, I think I way prefer and always try to do like video call meetings because mm -hmm. at least you can still get the facial expressions, maybe even the hand actions compared to like an email. I just is the tone of voice just doesn't exist. And even mm -hmm. just like voices, it's just not the same if you can't get that so I feel like that makes like a really big difference to me when I can see someone because it's yes. like you're not just talking at a screen there's an actual yeah. face there to talk to which I think <laughs> is so important so um just finally is there any final piece of advice you'd like to leave our listeners with is there any final thing you'd like to end the end the podcast off with in particular well I would like to do three quick tips yeah go for it uh, based on a common concern that I hear mm -hmm. especially for those that are just starting out or fairly new in their career. And that is that when people are searching for jobs, they tend to see entry level marked as like two to three years experience. And they're mm -hmm. like, how the heck am I supposed to meet that requirement? Nobody's going to hire me. So the three tips for that, if you're facing that dilemma are uh, number one, use LinkedIn to connect with people. You know, a job search should always be personal mm -hmm. and ask them, you know, people that are in the fields that you're interested in, ask them for tips about how they got in the door. How did they get over that two to three years experience requirement? Because it is surmountable. It can be done. Sometimes it's just used to weed people out. So people who are, have actually done it, their tips are super valuable. And then number two is to revise your resume or your CV in a particular way. So that means don't just list, list the tasks mm -hmm. that you've done in each position, but actually highlight your strengths and your achievements, like what you accomplished in each position. And then use things like numbers or the result of this was 
and show the impact that you had. It doesn't always have to be numbers, but that is when you're using numbers, people's eyes tend to gravitate mm -hmm. towards those, but that's how you're going to stand out. And then the third one is paid experience. Isn't the only kind of experience. Mm -hmm. So other things count like volunteering internships or personal projects. So always include those on your resume and cover letter and talk about them in the interview. And the thing is you don't necessarily, unless the, unless the uh, job posting specifies, you don't actually have to mark whether or not you are paid for something. Okay. So it's good to know <laughs> you can, so some places will want you to say if it was like full-time, part-time contract, mm -hmm. temporary, things like that, but you don't have to say, oh, I was making X amount. Mm -hmm. So if it's zero, so what? <laughs> it's still relevant. <laughs> so I definitely um, encourage people not to overlook that. Perfect. Thank you so much. So just to end off the podcast, um, where can our listeners find you? Just shut yourself out. <laughs> sure. So there's a couple of places. If you're looking mm -hmm. for career tips in particular, then Instagram is the best place for that. And my username is Kate Tudoranu. It might be helpful to spell it. Um, so Kate, <laughs> I'll have it in the then, show notes as okay. well. So, <laughs> so T U D O R E A N U. Um, but yeah, thank you for putting it in the show notes. No problem. And then the thing is, if you're looking for more, like for more of a deeper dive into different career topics, um, I do have a community on Facebook, and you can just go there and literally search "build a career you love," and the group should pop up. Um, so far there's trainings there around set, setting effective career goals, how to mm -hmm. find your career direction or path, asking for a raise, different things like that. Amazing. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week. It was so lovely to chat to you and I'm sure all our listeners loved hearing all your tips and tricks and, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. No problem at all. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you loved getting to know Kate and finding out about different ways to um, upgrade your career or just find what it is you're looking for in your in your nine to five, so to speak. Although obviously nine to five is not only the only career available. Um, don't forget to check out our podcast Instagram at Fancy Blather. Repost if you're listening. Um, share our store. Like share your share stories with us and check out our polls which normally come out on tuesdays we started doing reels now and, and instagram videos so check it out we're we're really we're smashing out the content at the moment and also check out our website www.fancyblather.com and you can now also find us on facebook which is just fancy blather and it's a little like page for you there so if facebook is your thing go ahead and check us out there and um, yeah have a wonderful week, everyone, and you will hear from me and a new guest next week. Thank you. Bye.